The impact of COVID-19 on boardrooms of VC-backed organizations. COVID is causing economic havoc around the globe, but the impact is different and depends on the industry. In this podcast, we examine the impact the pandemic has on boardrooms of VC-backed organizations. I'm delighted to bring you, our listeners, a view from the front line, from Alexander Lee, investment manager of one of the most active VCs in the UK. Alex is an experienced tech VC investor. His experience ranges from pre-product startups to high cash generative FTSE 100, FTSE 250 companies in both emerging and developed economies. Alex also provides mentorship on the topic of entrepreneurship and is a creator of the popular blog entitled The Tippy Top. Alex, welcome again to the Better Boards podcast series. Thanks again for having me. So Alex, you continue to be a board observer on many young tech boards. What do you see? What impact did the pandemic had on boards of VC-backed organizations? Thanks, Sabine. I think it's actually had a, a very positive impact in that remote meetings have become the norm. And what that's done is broken down many of the barriers to accessing high-quality talent in other geographies. And this was a point that was previously overlooked Do you see that board members join from other countries? Absolutely. You know, a lot of it can be just from places like further north, such as Manchester and so forth in the UK. But certainly we're seeing people operating in Asia that are getting involved in boards in the UK. And these are really high caliber, hard hitting individuals that add tremendous value to these young startup boards. Fantastic. Do you also see any changes on the agendas? Yeah, look, I, I wouldn't say changes per se, but what I've seen is in one particular area is in terms of HR, a greater focus there. And that could be through discussions about furlough schemes in the UK, talking about redundancies, linking the business plan in terms of what's going to, to be developed and what are the resources required to do that and really looking forward with a you know, fine tooth comb. So, and, and particularly around recruiting more digital marketing resources, because that's really a key skill that companies have identified that they need. What do you notice? How do boards cope, in your view, with the lockdown situation? I mean, in every country, we are going from lockdown to lockdown to lockdown. How do boards cope? Yeah, I think it's, it's a really good question and something that was on the agenda to a degree before lockdown and but now has become a core focus is this mental health of the C-suite and what is the interaction between the board and the C-suite. And I think you're seeing a lot less blame culture. You're seeing far more understanding and support. You're seeing a greater degree of authenticity in interactions between the members and more regular check-ins because the, you know, everyone's realizing that the C-suite are their greatest asset and they're the people that are going to help these companies get through this challenging time. And at the end of the day, of course, it's also the realization that we are all in it together. Is there anything you have seen that's working particularly well and any good practice examples? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is regular check-ins and, you know, 
even a standing weekly check-in slot, half an hour, you know, it might be cancelled. But just knowing that someone is on the end of the phone, that you don't have to feel like you're putting your hand up for help, that support is always there should you need it. And do you actually see any discrepancies between what you see on the agendas and what, from your investment perspective, should be on the agendas? Again, I don't think it's missing from the agenda, but in terms of coming back to the point about digital marketing skills, I think that's being underplayed by boards and companies. And we don't realize that is going to be the lifeblood of most VC-backed organizations. You know, do we have those skills around the boardroom? If not, are we recruiting them? And are we developing the internal capabilities of, you know, our management teams? Are we putting them on the training? Do we know what we don't know? And where do you see the greatest risks for VC-backed organizations at present? I think this is a fabulous question because historically VC-backed organizations were the fast movers and they were overtaking the, the PE-backed companies, especially the brick and mortar ones. But now what you're seeing is those same brands, those large, slow-moving brands have also moved into digital and They've got the brand power, they've got the firepower, and they know that they need to innovate quickly or they'll be in hot water. So for VC-backed tech organizations, they now need to move faster than they ever did before to maintain that competitive advantage. How should, in your view, boards of these VC-backed organizations deal with this risk? There's obviously a plethora of strategies, but... Above all else, they need sector-experienced digital talent on the board. Any tips how VC-backed organizations can attract this talent? Again, in terms of the recruiting, you've got a much wider playing field. You can recruit from anywhere around the world, and that's broken down all of those barriers. So it's just about making sure that you've got good recruiting partners not only the ones that have secret black books and recruit the same sort of talent that's been on the board for 30 years, companies need to be looking to younger individuals and people that wouldn't ordinarily be considered for board positions and start bringing them in because the younger generation that know more about this sector than anyone else. And How can members of boards of VC-backed organizations add value in the current circumstances? Do you advise that there isn't a mix between generations on the boards? Yeah, I think certainly a, a diverse board is a strong board. And it's a really good point about adding value because you know, there was talk about this historically, but now it's become imperative that boards add value. So, and particularly, I think the greatest area is around looking after the health of the board and looking after the C-suite. You know, it's incredibly difficult for all business leaders and they need as much support as they can get. And, you know, we need to remember that they're also in very uncertain times and they need to navigate the, the online world and so 
the board members of these organizations need to be more hands-on and more supportive to really help get through this challenging time. I mean, it sounds like, you know, I, when I talk with people who had a certain career path and are at a certain age, it's still highly desirable to serve on various boards. But what you are describing there sounds like quite a big commitment. Absolutely. I think it, it really should not be underestimated. You know, being on, on boards was certainly in vogue and, and um, everyone wanted to add that to their CV, but it, it comes with considerable pressures. And then unless you are well-versed in digital marketing and, and development, you might find yourself in a fairly uncomfortable position, not knowing what exactly to do, yet carrying all of the liability. So I would certainly counsel that people don't take on too much. You know, if they want to take on a board role, perhaps do one and um, really make sure it's something you fully understand and you are 100% confident that you can add value. And what impact does this have on the time commitment? Uh, yeah, I think it, it's gone almost exponential and not necessarily in terms of hours overall that is one component but certainly just the frequency of communication the the speed of communication the number of check-ins that's quite taxing and i think just to add to that you know when things go wrong you know that they can go catastrophically wrong very quickly so you've got to be very nimble and responsive you're not you're not dealing with business as usual so what you describe there, this time commitment, these challenges, also mental challenges, but also how quick things change. So, so you can't really afford to let it slip. Has this changed to how board members could add value in pre-pandemic times? I really do think so. Historically, a lot of companies complacent in terms of board meetings. It was just something that had to be done and You know, they would relax the frequency down to four board meetings a year. And the moment, if you're having less than 10, I think you're really exposing yourself to a lot of risk because the board members need to be actively guiding and supporting the strategy, making sure that you've got prudent cash management strategies in place and adapting and reacting to new competitive rivalry. So in the past, it was a lot slower pace and adding value was more in the form of an introduction here or there and maybe a bit of guidance on the strategy. But now it's literally helping create the strategy, on, you know, not on the fly because no one should ever do that, but we're in uncharted territories for most companies. When do you expect to see the big change? When, when do you expect do we get all out of this situation and uh, economic recovery really taking shape? Mm. Yeah, I think difficult to pinpoint the full economic recovery. And, and the way I like to think about it is not so much as a light switch. It would be more one of those latest Philips Hue dimmer switches that you slowly increase. And I think in terms of a recovery, it would be more like, April next year, when we're going to really start seeing things come back to a new normal where we see a hybrid model between online 
and physical presence. And I think companies need to prepare for that because as much as we might socialize with the way we used to, we're certainly not going to do business the way we used to. Any tips how VC-backed boards of VC-backed organizations can best prepare for this economic recovery? I think the only way to help mitigate the uncertainty is to be extremely prudent in terms of sales forecasts and cash runway estimates because there's that old adage that it takes longer and costs more than you think. You know, I think we need to double that. Coming to our last question, what lessons and insights should our listeners take away from this podcast? Sure. I think, yeah, to summarize it, it would be that virtual board meetings are here to stay. We've all proven to ourselves that we can cope in this digital world. So instead of it being an encumbrance to business, finding ways in which we can exploit it, such as recruiting the best talent from around the world. Point number two, like we've said earlier, is as board members, really to look after yourselves and make sure you stay sharp. The pressures placed upon board members are real and really mustn't be underestimated. You know, Don't just sign up because it's trendy. It's a considerable time and emotional investment. And then thirdly, coming back to these digital skills in the boardroom. You know, we really need to recruit them, help upskill ourselves and the company and the board in the best position to recover in the post-pandemic period. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Alex, for your insights into the boardrooms of VC-backed organizations. Thank you so much. Thanks again for having me. How can we help you and your board to become more effective? We at Better Boards are always delighted to hear from you. Get in touch. You can best reach us on info at better-boards.com. Thank you for listening.